But I want to talk about Jesus's bucket list today. I want to talk about Holy Week, uh, the week before he went to the cross. And, and honestly, you know what? Jesus did live like he was dying, like he was going to go to the cross. And one of the most significant things was for him to communicate the best way he knew how of why he had come to earth or in many, many different ways and many, many different fashions. And so the week uh, before he goes to the cross, things began to intensify. And Jesus was a master teacher. And saying that, he didn't always use words to talk. And maybe that's for somebody today because A lot of people are waiting for a word, an audible word to come out of God's mouth. But you need to understand that God doesn't always use audible words to talk to people. God uses many forms to talk to people. And and so some of you are waiting for God to talk to you in an audible voice and tell you what to do. And maybe God's already notifying you. Maybe he has shown up on the scene. Maybe he is ready to answer your prayer and it's communicating to you, but you're missing what he has to say. And I want you to understand that Jesus oftentimes communicated without words. He was an illustrative teacher. He would take objects and teach major lessons with objects. And... You know, he communicated many, many things. And so this last week of his life, I want to talk about three different objects that he took in order to teach a major lesson to humanity so we can understand why he came. And and the first object that he used to, to teach of why he came and why he was going to go to a cross was was the object of a donkey. Everybody say donkey. The literal name for a donkey is a jackass. So if you don't like to say donkey, everybody say jackass. That's what my my wife likes to call me sometimes. (laughs) So on this last week of Jesus' life, I want to show you how Jesus used this donkey in order to communicate something to you and me about who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Matthew chapter 21, verses one through five. The Bible says this, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. And tie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you, if anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. The Bible says that this took place to fulfill the prophecy. A prophecy that was made many, many years earlier by a man named Zechariah. It's found in Zechariah chapter 9. And it said this, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. Everybody say king. King. Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a a donkey's 
coat. And, and so in order to understand what God was communicating through putting Jesus on the back of a donkey and riding into that particular culture to do what he came to accomplish, which was go to a cross, he was communicating with this donkey of, a donkey of who he was. He was a king, but he wasn't a king that came as a king doing war. He was a king who was bringing peace. In this particular culture, if a king was coming up to uh, take a city over, what he would do is he would ride up on a horse. However, you know, if he came riding on a donkey's back, it would be a symbol that I am coming in peace. And so Jesus is a servant on a donkey's back coming and riding in with this thing called peace. However, many people didn't understand what he was communicating. He was communicating that I'm here this time as one who is bringing peace from God to humanity. I'm here coming as a king. I'm here to set up a kingdom, but my kingdom has no boundaries. My kingdom has no limitations and my kingdom has no expiration date. And I am a king that is coming in the moment with a peace offering to humanity from God. That's what the cross was. The cross was a love offering, a peace offering to humanity. The Bible says that, you know what, that we have all missed the mark of God's glorious standard, his standard for our life. In other words, we've all gone our own way. You know, God has a standard for humanity, don't you? Do you know what that standard is? That standard is to live underneath his rule and reign. And let him provide for your life in an incredible way. That's what he said in the garden when he created the first man and the first woman. He says, I'm going to create you and I'm going to give you this luscious place to live. And I'm going to make all the provision for you that you'll ever need. And so that's what God created male and female for was, was to provide for them. And then their assignment was to rule and reign over the earth and not let the earth subdue them or take them out. However, the first man and the first woman, they failed at the assignment. And the Bible says they went their own way. They sinned. They missed the mark of God's glorious standard. And from that point forward, the Bible says that all humans have missed, have been separated from God because of this thing called sin. However, what Jesus came to do was to... to to take care of the sin problem so that we can reconnect to God. He came to make a peace offering. In other words, God's basically saying, look, I want you to have peace with me and I am coming to offer that peace and I'm gonna give my life on a cross in place of your life and what you need to do in return is receive the peace that I'm offering. Now again, the donkey has more meaning than just Jesus coming to die on a cross and and he's coming as a, a suffering servant. Understand that kings in that particular day would ride horses whenever they were coming to conquer. And they were coming uh, to, to take over. And the Bible gives this picture of Jesus coming back again. And guess what? He's not coming on a donkey. 
He's already come on the donkey once. To, he's rode up into this planet called earth and he's offered peace to humanity. And you can reject his offering of peace. And you don't have to reconnect to this great God of the universe. But he come to this planet to offer humanity a peace. But the Bible says the next time he comes, he's going to ride up on a horse. And he's coming to conquer. And he's coming to take over. And he's coming to put sin and the enemy in the abyss far away from him. And then there will be no more separation. And humans will be with their great God. And so Jesus is communicating through a donkey. This incredible truth that I come one time as a suffering servant, but I'm coming the second time as a risen king. And what humanity needs to do during this time period, during this dispensation, during this period that you and I live in 2019, they need to understand my peace offering. Do you understand Jesus' peace offering? Do you understand God's peace offering? For God so love the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not continue to waste away, perish, but they can have eternal life. So Jesus came to give you eternal life. Jesus came so you could be forgiven of your sin and step into the presence of your great God. But my friend, most people are in a hurry to get somewhere. Like, you know what? Well, I've been forgiven of my sins, so I'm just going to keep doing life and I'm going to get to heaven one day. I need to declare to you today, Jesus didn't come to die and forgive you so that you could end up in heaven one day. That's a byproduct. But the salvation he came in the peace offering can start today. And understand, he came to you, and all you've got to do is surrender to him and let God move into your life and invade your life with his amazing peace. Maybe you don't have peace in your soul because you're trying to do something to get to God. You're in a hurry to get to God. And God says, hey, rest, because I come to make peace with you. And, and so many people, you know, they think being a Christian is, is about, you know what, believing in Jesus and going to heaven one day. I'm telling you, it plagues our culture. And being a Christian isn't about, you know what, just getting somewhere. Being a Christian is about being somebody. And what I'm driving home in this message today, Jesus came to make peace with you so you can live with him in eternity. But eternity starts now. It starts whenever you receive the peace offering. Because what he did in that peace offering is he gave you access to your divine creator. And my friends, that means that you can step into your creator, your great God's presence because of this amazing peace offering and you can have peace in your soul no matter what's going on around your life. And so many people are caught up in this thing about, hey, I've been forgiven, so I'm just going to uh, be forgiven because of what Jesus done. I'm going to go to heaven one day. You're misinterpreting why Jesus came. He came to open the door. You will be with a real God in a real heaven, but you're going to come back to earth, by the way, if you leave here prematurely, because Jesus is going to set up a new heaven and a new earth. 
But at the end of the day, the reason Jesus opened that door was so you could have access to your creator and you could have access to his spirit and his spirit could come and live inside of you and teach you to be who God has created you to be. And you can have peace in your soul. Jesus came to make peace with humanity. And my friends, I just got to ask you the question. You know what? On this holy week, have you let Jesus make peace with your soul? Have you received the gift? Because that's what believing in Jesus' death on the cross is all about. It's, it's allowing the peace of God to come into your life and feel your soul. Jesus used the donkey. The second thing he used on this, on this journey to communicate with, remember, he oftentimes used an object lesson and words to communicate a truth about who he was. This is Holy Week. This is, man, he's getting ready to die on Friday. Now we're talking about on, on Monday and John chapter 12, verses one through eight, the Bible says this. Actually, I guess this would have probably been been on a Sunday. It says six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany at the home of Lazarus. Lazarus was a man that he previously raised from the dead. Lazarus had been dead. He'd been put in a grave. Jesus had raised him from the dead. And many people in that region saw the miracle and they started trusting who Jesus was because of this fabulous miracle. The Bible says the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary, she took 12, a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. I, I'm just going to ask this question because I just started thinking about it when it said expensive perfume. What's the name of an expensive perfume today? I don't even know. Chanel, number five, right? What's a bottle of Chanel cost? Less than a hundred. That's cheap perfume. Come on. Oh, is that expensive perfume? Well, in this day, an expensive perfume was worth a year's wages. Okay. So that's, that's crazy, right? So I want you to understand that it says that this lady had an expensive jar of perfume and then she, uh, she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him a little bit later in the week, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. That's Chanel number five on steroids. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Pay close attention. It's right before Jesus goes to the cross. It's the week that he's going to go to the cross. Jesus uses a jar of perfume to teach a valuable lesson about why he came and who he is and what he wants to do in your life in 2019. Judas said, Hey, we should have sold it and gave it to the poor. But the Bible goes on to say, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. And Jesus replied, leave the lady alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you. 
but you will not always have me. So Jesus rides in on a donkey to bring peace. Then he uses out uses a lady pouring out a year's worth of wages on his feet to demonstrate that what she did was was she she prepared me for burial. In other words, she's advancing me to do what I came to do. And and he's illustrating I came to give my life on a cross and pour out my great love to humanity. That's again what the cross was all about. It's the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Understand God poured out his amazing love on that cross. And this lady pours out a year's worth of perfume on his feet to prepare him to go to the cross is what Jesus says. She's preparing me for my, for my burial. She's preparing me for my death. And I must die because I must rise from the grave so humanity can have life. And so Jesus in the last week of his life, he rides in on a donkey to communicate that he brought the peace of God to humanity. He poured out his love on a cross, gave all he had on a cross to show the human race for God so loved the world. Are you getting anything out of the object lessons that Jesus is using? And what Jesus is showing here is the deal of who he was and what he came to do. But notice he says to, to Judas, the man who thought the woman's worship was a waste, pouring out a year's worth of wages on advancing the gospel. Jesus says, leave her alone. What she has done is a good thing. I wonder how many people have told you that whenever you gave some money to advance the gospel or you poured something out with your life in service, that it was a waste instead of worship. And I just want to declare to you today that nothing is a waste if you're using it for the right purpose. And the Bible indicates that you can use all kinds of resources in order to advance who God is and why Jesus came. And my friends, what happens a lot of times in life is because of personal preferences, people reduce the good news of why Jesus came down to being wasteful because they think that Jesus came to fix all the problems in the world when Jesus came to be a solution to the problem of the world. Let me communicate that again. There's some of you that don't believe that God is who he says he is because he hadn't fixed your problem. But I got news for you today. God ain't who he is based on if he fixes your problem or not. God is who he is because he came to take care of humanity's problem, which is separation from God. And the gift of God 
is eternal life to all of those who believe in the finished work of Christ on a cross and his resurrection. Because what that does is that gives you access to the creator so that the Holy Spirit of God can give you a download in your spirit. And then you can be coached to greatness by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the truth of the matter is he didn't come to fix all the world's problems. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, in another passage, in this world, you will have trouble. Slap your neighbor and ask them, are they in trouble? <laughs> but he says, take heart. I've overcome the world. And, and, and here's the challenge in the, in the church of, the 20, of, of 2019. We, we've reduced the gospel, the good news of who God is, down to whether somebody does a benevolence project or not. And there's nothing wrong with benevolence projects because benevolence projects can fix problems. But based on benevolence projects or any kind of project, that doesn't determine what God came to do through Christ Jesus. What God came to do through Christ Jesus was to bring hope and healing to the human race by forgiving us of our sins so we could access our creator. And many of you don't need to miss this today. The whole purpose of Jesus coming is so he could swing the gate of heaven wide open, the gate of his kingdom wide open so you could enter into his amazing presence. And, and the Bible says to all of those who have believed, you know what, now you have access to the very spirit of God. Grace means unmerited favor, but it has a deeper meaning. Grace means the empowerment of who God, the empowerment of an individual by who God is. And what I mean by that, it's the, it's the favor of God on my life. It's the empowering agent of God in my life so that I can move forward with my life in spite of the sin that's in the world. But sin is in this world. There's always going to be sin in this world until God comes and puts it away in the abyss. But he's coming back to conquer it. Completely the second time. But right now we live on a mission field, this planet called earth, and we live among sin. But we have the power of God that is deposited in us. And so we can walk in a world that is full of sin. And we can be more than conquerors here on this earth. And we can deposit and distribute God's amazing spirit and love in this world. And my friends, this is what being a Christian is all about. It's not just believing in who God says you are. Have you ever asked this question, why am I a Christian? I didn't ask you, were you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Why would God want you to be a Christian? That's a good question to ask. Why would... If it was just to go to heaven, then, then get to be a Christian and go to heaven. But God leads you here. Why? So you can move back in to relationship with him. Remember, before the fall in the garden, I'm going to provide for you. And you're going to rule and reign in this earth. And you're going to have dominion over the earth. And the earth isn't going to take over you. 
Now, listen, now we have been reborn, rebirthed. Now the spirit of God lives in us and we're able to walk among this earth that has the sin in it and we're able to distribute who God is in this earth. So Jesus, before he goes to a cross, he rides in on a donkey and he says, I came to to give peace. I came to pour out love. And then this is, is, is the kicker. The last one is this. And I I, I love this because he used a a fig tree as an object lesson. I think I got it in here somewhere. Let's see. Maybe I put it in the, there it is. All right. So let me show you this. It's found in Mark, Mark chapter 11. So again, all these events I just told you take place. Now Jesus goes into the city and the Bible says on the way in Mark 11 verses 12 through 14 the next morning as they were leaving Bethany and Jesus was hungry and he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. And then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. And it stops there. Then if you keep reading the passage, Jesus goes in to the temple where all this religious activity was taking place. It was Passover week. People were buying and selling, you know, the animals for Passover and all those kind of things. The Bible says all this religious activity was going on. And Jesus goes in. This is where he goes in and flips over some tables and, and he says, you know what, my, my house should be called, my father's house should be called a house of prayer. And he flips over the tables and he scatters people. He causes an uproar in the city. And then he leaves. And he goes back and spends the night. And the next day they travel back. But, but something happened overnight to this tree and I want to show it to you because Jesus cursed the tree because it wasn't producing any fruit and then in Mark 11 it picks back up in verse 19 and it says that evening Jesus and the disciples they left the city and the next morning as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed the disciples noticed it was withered from the roots up object lesson and Peter remember what Jesus has said to the tree on the previous day And exclaimed, look, rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And then Jesus said to his disciples, check this out. I cursed the fig tree overnight. It dried up and died. And then Jesus's answer to their discovery was Jesus said, have faith in God. That's a crazy response to a dead fig tree that Jesus cursed. But remember, Jesus is teaching and he's using these object lessons 
a donkey to illustrate that I came and I rode into this planet to offer peace the first time. I, I am pouring out my love for humanity on a cross. And my expectation is for them not to just do religious activity and, and be, be nice looking on the outside. By the way, this is the same place Jesus looked at uh, the, the religious leaders and he says, you bunch of whitewashed tombs. He's like, hey, man, you know what? You're like a glass and you're dirty on the inside and you look all shiny on the outside. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, I, I didn't come to do all of this for you just to be a pretty green fig tree producing nothing. I came to do all this so you could be fruitful and multiply and produce and let this world know who I am. See, this is a revelation to somebody because they're going to believe on the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin, but they don't realize that God came to forgive them of their sin so they could step into his holy presence and get a download from his Holy Spirit to be a producer in his kingdom here on earth, an expansive kingdom with no boundaries, with no limitations and no expiration date and live out their purpose and be everything that God has created them to be. Producing. Producing. You know what the fruit of the Spirit is? The Spirit of God that comes and lives inside of you and changes your spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And slap your neighbor. Self control. <laughs> this is amazing. It was all done by design. Jill, you can come on out and play that piano. It was all done by design. And God is revealing in Holy Week who he is in Christ Jesus and what he came to do. And he taught it over and over in his earthly life, in his earthly ministry. He, he's teaching it today through his holy word and, and you know what, his, his local church. But simply God came to reunite and re, uh, reunite human beings with himself in a relationship where we no longer have to be separated from our creator and he will move into your life with the Holy Spirit of God and build you up into everything he has created you to be for all eternity. So the world doesn't rule over you, but you become in his kingdom and you become a part of producing for his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. See, your goal of why you're a Christian and why you're still sucking in air is not to go skydiving or to ride a bull named Fu Manchu for 2.7 seconds or to go Rocky Mountain climbing, climbing or however he says that. But the goal of your life to produce fruit for an expansive kingdom, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because you know in your heart of hearts 
that he came as a suffering servant the first time and gave his life on a cross and showed amazing love for you. His power burst him forth from the grave and that same power is available to you, my friend. And why you are a Christ follower is simply this, is to produce fruit here on earth as it is in heaven and bring up there, down here, so other people can know who this Christ is, who is the head of your life, the authority of your life, and they can know who they can belong to and they can come back home. Is that why you live? Is that why you're a Christian? Is to help other people get into the presence of the one that you're in the presence of. Your creator. My friend, the spirit of God is transforming human beings into his likeness. And the church is growing in numbers and in holiness because God is up to something magnificent. And God is spewing his presence in every tribe, every tongue, and every nation throughout this earth. And you have the opportunity to be a part of this amazing kingdom that was here on earth and continues to expand throughout eternity. Would you not surrender and come into that family, that kingdom? The offer has been made, but every individual has to make the decision whether they will surrender the leadership and lordship of Jesus and the empowering agent of grace that God wants to lavish into their heart. And my friend, it's a free gift from God. But you have to hold your hands out as you're receiving a gift and receive it by faith in your spirit. Believe it in your heart. And as I see people wandering around in the dark, and I'm living in this incredible light, all you can do is like come out of the flipping dark and get over here. And the only way I can get you there is to tell you who the one is that come to make peace with your soul. I can't do it for you. You got a personal decision to make. Nail it down today. You don't have to wait till Easter. You don't have to wait till another message. You can begin kingdom living today. Let me pray for you. God, you're an amazing God. God, there's people walking around here on earth And they're ready to connect to you, God. Spirit, would you fall upon this place? Would you touch every man, every woman, every boy, every girl? Would you move down the rows? And begin to ignite their faith. 
God, we've done the best we can today from your word to illustrate who you are in Christ Jesus. And God, I pray if there is one here today that has rejected this amazing gift of grace, that God, they would reject it no longer. They would would surrender and come under your reign and your authority and your love. If that's what you need to do today, maybe you just talk to God right now. And you say, God, today I surrender. I take my faith and I put it in your gift of grace who has a name. His name is Jesus. And I receive the power that he offers me through the Holy Spirit. I receive it. It's a gift for me. Tell God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. And thank you for the resurrection. And my friend, maybe you just want to symbolically hold out your hands. If God is speaking to you and you're making this decision. And maybe you just want to hold them wide open like you're receiving a gift today. Because I'm here to declare to you today, it is a gift from God. And all you have to do is lay yourself open before God with faith and say, God, I receive it today. So if you want to do that, you can just simply stick your hands out in front of you and hold them wide open. Say, God, I received the gift of salvation today. Tell God, thank you for Jesus. And tell God, thank you for his amazing power. It's going to help you from this point forward. God, there's many people that prayed that prayer today by faith. God, you know who every one of them are. Every boy, every girl, every man, and every woman. So God, I pray you would nudge them to do the next right thing. And it's to produce for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise in here today.